Hi, you are listening to the Live Your Own Fit podcast, where it's all about life performance. I'm your host today, Pete Jacobs. I'm an triathlon world champion from 2012. But today I'm going to talk about how I got there and the struggles that I've had in my health journey ever since I was a teenager. And this one really has been triggered by a chat with somebody about their friend who had chronic fatigue symptoms and telling me, oh, they've been diagnosed with this. This is their symptoms. This is what's happening. And the fact that I was just nodding and going, yep, I know exactly what that feels like. Yep. I know the reasoning now behind why that feels like that. I can give you the science behind it. I can give you the theories and I can give the emotional support. Like I understand what it's like to have no willpower because you have absolutely zero energy and you make all the wrong decisions from there and you're in, stuck in this cycle of fatigue and inflammation and depression and it's really hard to get out of and nobody understands because, you know, it's not like any other sort of disease that's got a simple diagnosis um, it hasn't got a simple clear label of what is going wrong and it's hard to get uh, people to understand what you're going through um, and really nobody else really understands what you're going through. So... That's it. Today is about chronic fatigue, um, the symptom, um, because yes, it may be to some people something that is a, a diagnosis, a name that I have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue is something that it, it helps. It helps in the way that it is a diagnosis, but it doesn't help in any way to resolve the issue. It doesn't help explain the issue. Um, and there is no help coming from a diagnosis of chronic fatigue. It's much easier to name chronic fatigue as a symptom and then dive into what is the root cause. And today we are going to dive a little bit into the root cause, a little bit into the symptoms, the emotional trouble that it, it, it feels like, and so much more through the things I've experienced on my journey and what I've heard other people experience and hopefully you will get something out of this so that you better understand what you're going through when you do feel any sort of fatigue, not just chronic fatigue, but any sort of fatigue. This will relate to how you have felt on those days, those days where you couldn't perform like you wanted to, those days where you couldn't think as clearly as you wanted to. This will make it all clear for you. You'll understand yourself better and you'll be able to walk through, work through those tough days a little bit easier having listened to this podcast today. So as I've said, chronic fatigue is one symptom of a larger, larger picture of problems that are going wrong with dysfunction in the body. So you may be diagnosed with chronic fatigue, but I'm going to tell you all the things that are happening in your body. So these are all the things that I've experienced. So when I was 15, I could no longer get my heart rate up the in the pool some mornings for swim training. No matter how hard I pushed, I couldn't push. That carried over and I experienced it again uh, as a triathlete trying to run some days. Could not do a 50-meter sprint to save my life. If I'd been running away from a lion, I would not have survived because I could not get my muscles to function. So that emotionally had to deal with as well. So you're tired. You really want to do something and you cannot physically do what you want to do. Then that obviously builds anxiety. That builds other issues. And 
something else. When I was young and at school, I went from being quite smart in school up until year nine. Year 10 hit, that was the first time I'd experienced those sort of fatigue issues in training and I could no longer concentrate. I went from being yeah smart to being dumb. I could not concentrate at school or at home. I hardly got any assignments done. And obviously that anxiety of procrastination of then not getting the work done, not handing things in on time, barely handing anything in at all, and then barely passing um, or just, you know, finishing exams in year 12. But it didn't matter by then what I was going to get because it was such a terrible score. Luckily, by then I decided I wanted to do landscaping apprenticeship. So I went to work. I got sunshine all day. That was quite good. Um, so I probably survived because of the job that I took on for four years there. I was able to have fun. It was lighthearted a lot of the time working with blokes that you could joke around with. You were learning things and you got sunshine and you could switch off some days and just do the physical work. And then other days it was really creative type of work. You know, it wasn't trying to look at an email and feel anxiety of whether, you were writing the right thing or how many people you had to get back to. There, there wasn't an anxiety with that kind of work. So it was quite easy. And then that one day a week of TAFE that I went to, I'd pretty much fall asleep on the desk at that day of TAFE um, every week. So it's difficult to manage the symptoms of fatigue when you're young, definitely, and they present themselves in many, many different ways in different irritability, personality issues, trouble concentrating, procrastination, brain fog, um, just not being as bright as you should be, not being able to do things as well as you should be, not being able to compute, memorize, recall, uh, enjoy things as much as you want to enjoy things. So after my apprenticeship, I became a full-time triathlete and I would have been about 23 at the time, roughly, and did a couple of Ironmans and then I went overseas to train for Hawaii in LA with some friends and I trained really well, but I got to Hawaii exhausted and DNF'd because in the race, I could not get my heart rate up. So for 180 kilometers on the bike, I was feeling emotionally exhausted, anxious, fatigued, and physically just couldn't push. And I just thought, how the heck can I go through a marathon with zero motivation, zero pain tolerance, zero energy, mentally and physically? So I pulled out after the bike and shed a few tears. Um, and then me and my friends went and partied around America for a few weeks. And I went and did 70.3 Worlds, the first year of Worlds at Clearwater and let out of the swim and then proceeded to basically have a heart attack for the rest of the race because I uh, partied hard for a few weeks and then thought I'd jump in and do a 70.3 uh, after that. So that probably didn't help my fatigue issues at all after that, sort of putting my body through that level of stress. And that goes to any race and, and big training sessions. I was always more fragile. I've got my mum's genetics you know, your mitochondria, you inherit from your mother, they say, um, and scientifically, I think that's true, that my mum has very similar issues and more susceptible to fatigue and autoimmune issues and like. So I have always been more fragile. So 
other things. Uh, let's moving on. So throughout my career, ups and downs, I'd be good. I'd have a day here and there where I couldn't push and I'd back off. And so I was learning through my 20s that I could not push on the days that my body wanted to push and I had to listen to it because I couldn't. I couldn't not. I had to go easy because I had no option. I couldn't go hard. But what that meant was I went easy and learned to emotionally go easy as well. So that's something that's very difficult and, and people struggle to deal with when you are used to pushing yourself, when you're used to pushing limits, finding limits. And then when your body physically says, no, I can't actually move as much as you want me to, to not actually push that limit as hard as you can, because then obviously you're digging yourself into a bigger hole. But backing off, learning to, okay, well, if I can't comfortably push you know, 160 watts, I'm just going to push 140 watts because that's what's comfortable. So in, in terms, that means instead of going, being uncomfortable and trying to get a little bit more out of the session, I would back it off, go easy, and actually it would be a recovery session, complete recovery. And physically, mentally, it felt easy. And that was good for my body. So that's how I managed through my 20s. Uh, there were definitely times um, a week here and there at the most where it was a lot. It was a bit deeper, where the joy of everything was gone, and I experienced that bouts of what people would say is depression, where there's no joy in anything. You don't want to leave the house to walk the dogs or go for a surf. And then after 2012, when I was 30, and obviously I'd done a lot of Ironmans by then, it the symptoms hung around for longer. So instead of a day to a week at the most, uh, it became a week to a month and even up to a couple of months at a time where there was no joy. I was irritable. I wasn't myself. I had brain fog. I wouldn't want to look at a computer. Couldn't look at a computer. I'd feel anxious. Um, I didn't want to do anything else that I enjoy. Um, the thing that kept me sane, I guess, through my 20s and 30s a little bit was that I enjoy other creative aspects. And that's what I really encourage people to look into if they are experiencing things of chronic fatigue, that you find other creative outlets that have gentle exercise. So whether that be something, let's say, outdoorsy, such as gardening, I that was one of my saviors. I enjoy gardening. So I could go when I couldn't think and couldn't move, I could still get out and do something that helped me relax and helped me move and helped me get outside. And that got me through many, many days. So other things, let's say it's photography, you know, out, outdoors, you can explore, walk, photos. Um, it could be uh, walking. It could just be going for a hike. It could be something else uh, creative like painting and singing, all these other things that anything that is creative and taps into sort of that happy emotion is really good for you. So let's see now into my 30s, things got worse. And I'd been seeing so many different people by this point that there was no answer. I'd had IBS as well. That's another symptom. And in this time in my 20s as well, um, psoriasis or seborrheic dermatitis, whichever you want to call it. Um, I was never diagnosed, so I'll just make it up. It was one of those. Um, 
so my skin was terrible. I would have bouts of it breaking out on my face, redness, dry skin. It was really bad around the time when I broke a collarbone coming off my bike and the collarbone, it was almost like, oh, thank God, because I needed the rest. And the funny thing is I did well in Hawaii every year that I had a forced rest through an injury in sort of April, May in the, that year. So I would have at least six of six weeks of nothing because I'm not the type of person that trains through an injury. If I had a broken collarbone, if I had uh, my foot in a boot, I did nothing. I didn't train. I couldn't go and just do a little bit. So I actually had four sweats for six weeks of the four years that I did well in Hawaii. So that's no coincidence that it allowed my body the rest that it needed. So the feeling is also that there's no oxygen. So you feel like you go lactic very, very quickly. So it's very difficult to ride in groups when you're feeling tired because as soon as you hit a hill and they go for a little bit of a push up the hill, if you ask your body to do more than what it's really capable of when you do have a bit of fatigue in there, then you're going to go lactic really, really quickly. And obviously that means a very low oxygen state in the cells and a high accumulation of stress in the cells as well on top of the stress that you've already got. So that's how you can dig yourself into a further hole. Um, so lots and lots of doctors that I'd seen, IBS is another symptom. So I've had so many poo tests over my life, hair analysis, urine analysis, um, you name it, I've had the test. Well, actually not all of them. I haven't had that many. But back in the day, that was about as many as you could have back in the day. Now, obviously, there's a lot more. There's genetic testing and so on and so on and so on. So I want to relate to those of you that have experienced fatigue because nobody understands what it's like except for you. They think you seem pretty normal. Maybe you're just a little bit more irritable, but they don't notice how hard it is for you to concentrate on what they're saying sometimes. How you're glazing over and it's you literally can't focus your eyes and your brain on them and what they're saying. And all you can think of is just look interested. Just just keep keep your eyes looking alert and you're you're having this conversation in your head because you are struggling so hard because there's something in your mind and your body that is just saying, this is hard. This is really, really hard to stay alert right now. So people think that you're all right, but meanwhile, you're absolutely struggling. And some people get to the point where they are able to say to somebody, I've, I have to go home now. Like, that's it. I'm not feeling well and I have to go home. And, and that is good if somebody, if you can get to that point, but it's also a really difficult thing to say as well, because often people will be like, well, what do you mean? Are you sick? And you, well, you no, I'm not sick. Oh, well, what, what's wrong with you? And you just say, oh, well, I'm a bit tired. And they just almost look and laugh and just like, well, Jesus, suck it up, would you? Like they'll call you a name. They'll think you're just being a wuss. But they don't understand that you are not able to enjoy the experience of being there because your brain is not producing energy. And they don't understand how hard it is and that it's building uh, anxiety in you. It's building this 
stress in your body and you can feel it building with every minute once you get past that point of just like exhaustion you can feel it accumulating you can feel it being really difficult to contribute to a conversation because your brain is not able to think of what they're saying and what you should contribute and and you're not finding joy in the conversation even like i say joy and happiness it's really difficult to experience those when you have this complete brain fog this chronic fatigue symptoms and so as simple as it may seem to for people to go oh yeah well if you've got depression you just need someone to call you up and ask you to go hang out and have fun and it's like well it's not possible because you can't experience fun even at the point because it's so difficult to even get dressed get out the door sit in the car go to where you're going and then even when you're doing something that you enjoy on a normal basis that you would enjoy, it, there's very little joy in it. And it's almost like you can do it briefly, you know, you catch a few waves and then it's like, oh my God, I'm exhausted now. And how much longer do I have to do this for? It's those sort of thoughts which happen in someone with chronic fatigue as a symptom. And... It's not, there is no quick fix to it. There's no real thing that anybody else can do except have empathy. And that is my point. It's really difficult for people to have empathy for these symptoms that they haven't experienced, that they can't see anything wrong and that you can't give them a diagnosis of I have X, I have Y, and this is what is occurring in my body. This is why I'm exhausted. So it's not like, oh yeah, I've got anemia my iron is really low and that's why I'm tired and people would go oh great okay no problem I understand why you need to go home now uh, you should really go home and get some rest and but and you but if you say to someone oh yeah no I'm just really tired and I finding it difficult to to concentrate and all these background noises are now too loud for me to concentrate on just your voice and I can't hear and that's another symptom like the overload in your brain can happen from other stimulation very quickly so if you're in an area trying to talk to someone with one with a lot of sound coming in from other angles and other sounds that will fatigue you quicker because your brain is working harder to compute on just one uh one person's voice so there's all of these things that people just are like oh come on you'll be right and my experience from that from an athlete point of view was also very difficult that people just thought I needed more motivation people would just oh you just need a coach oh you just need to train harder and just get fitter like come on just get it done just do it um that sort of a thing like oh you just need a routine you just need to get up early train early every day at this time and that's what you need and everybody would question it because nobody would understand that, yes, the motivation isn't there, but it's not there because of a physical problem in our bodies that is stopping us from having the motivation. Motivation isn't just a magic thing you think of and it exists. Motivation can be worn out. All you've got to do is do a really long race um, or anything for a long time and you'll see how your motivation wanes from the start of that event through towards the end of the event. There is pain tolerance will deplete. All of these things deplete over time. And having 
fatigue is an issue means that you're at that point of complete depletion of motivation before you've even begun. And so you have to have that sort of sympathy with somebody. Imagine that they've just done an Ironman and then you're asking them to go and do it again um, right now, start again. That's what it feels like for somebody. So they don't want to do anything when there's there's no motivation, there's no joy in it left anymore because that fatigue is such an issue. So hopefully that's giving you a little bit of an insight to what others experience. And hopefully if you've experienced fatigue, it's resonating with you and you know that there are other people out there like myself and many others that know what you're going through, that know that nobody else gets it, and but we get it. There's plenty of us that get it. Um, and so there are a few ways to how to deal with it. So in my 20s, I really had to learn about ego. I had to learn that I could not train with others and therefore I could not try. I didn't need to worry that they were going harder than me. Um, if I got dropped on a training ride, I just was okay with that and I took it easy and went at my pace. That was a massive part of what allowed me to then win in Hawaii was that in my 20s, I was learning that whole time about not needing to keep up with other people in training and to relax about it. emotionally, physically, just be within myself. A few other ways to deal with it, obviously, if we go into the the what is actually happening, the what's happening at your cells that's causing these fatigue issues, it would be how do we deal with it? Well, a good circadian rhythm. So minimize all blue light and screens at night and get to bed early. You should be going to bed early because you feel tired anyway and your brain shouldn't want to watch telly so much because even telly doesn't really have much joy left in it. It's more just the addiction to it that you're feeling for that slight bit of dopamine. But if you can switch the telly off, be really calm before bed, go to bed and read. Um, another good thing that I did experience uh, in my 20s, I did just a lot of um, uh, journaling. Um, what's that? Uh, where you're just like throwing your thoughts down into pen to paper and writing out whatever thoughts come to your mind, uh, like brain dumping. So I was almost like writing a book sort of thing of my thoughts back then. And that was quite um, cathartic and useful. Getting to bed early, circadian rhythm, really important. So definitely get rid of blue lights around the house, put on some dim, yeah, orange lights, red lights, and don't use any screens um, after it gets dark or within reason of it getting dark and use some apps on your screens so that your screens do dim naturally as the light dims outside. Um, so circadian rhythm is a huge one because the issue with fatigue is that there is excess stress in your cells that is accumulated that is inhibiting energy production. It's inhibiting oxygen getting through. It's inhibiting clean energy production. And so sleep is the removal of that stress. So without good sleep, we will have excess stress the next day. That's a given. Everybody can understand that at the most basic level. If you do not sleep well, you will wake up the next day and not be able to perform as well in every way, mentally and physically, because you've still got more stress in your body that wasn't able to clear at night. So the clearing at night happens because of hormones and hormones need to work in a cycle. So you can't just suddenly, oh, go to sleep and then they switch on. No, they're working in the 24-hour cycle of what they're 
habituated to. So homeostasis, where everything's in balance, working throughout as it should be. One comes up, the other comes down. Daylight comes up, hormones come up for the day, and then those hormones are used, and then others come up at night. So without good nighttime hormones, you don't get rid of all that stress from the day. So that's a huge factor in fatigue is getting good sleep. Another factor would be diet. As I said, clean energy. Clean energy is the key. And clean energy comes from high levels of oxygen, high levels of blood flow, and low levels of blood glucose and insulin. And the problem is when you are experiencing chronic fatigue, when you have got these issues of being prone to more stress accumulation, then having high blood sugars is going to be more of an issue for you. It's likely that you have got some insulin resistance. So your blood sugar and insulin levels stay longer higher, causing inflammation for longer. So you really want to work and focus on a whole food diet of natural foods that are low in carbohydrates. So that just means eat naturally and avoid excess fruit and avoid anything processed. And I mentioned before that feeling of lactic acid building up really quickly. That is because oxygen levels are really low in the ability to get through to the cells. So your carbon dioxide tolerance, which is the byproduct of energy production, your tolerance to that amount that can build up is really, really low. So it's as if your heart rate is already super high. It's as if your muscles are already just at that threshold of aerobic lactic threshold where oxygen levels can't match the rate that carbon dioxide is being produced. So the oxygen can't get in fast enough into the, mus- into the cells and the mitochondria to produce energy cleanly. So that's a, re- a simple way of testing that is a breath hold test. So if you exhale all your air from your lungs through your nose, exhale everything out through your nose, and then you hold your breath after the exhale. And how long you can hold your breath for is a really good sign of how much stress exists in the cells at this point in time. Those with chronic fatigue issues and whoever flare up at that at this time, your breath hold time will be much lower than it will be when you feel healthy and fit. So it's a really good indication of just an example that you can feel and test easily of how well am I today. So you may feel a little bit fatigued. You may not feel good. You could then go and do that exhale and breath hold time. And your time might only be like 15 seconds before you feel quite a strong hunger for air. That's a terrible score. That's showing that your tolerance to the buildup of carbon dioxide is extremely low. And that means that oxygen levels getting into the cell is also extremely low because carbon dioxide swaps with oxygen into the in and out of the cell. So carbon dioxide is the byproduct of energy being produced. It builds up and swaps with oxygen. So oxygen can come back in and produce more energy. So the higher the energy demand, the higher those rates of exchange are occurring. There's more carbon dioxide being produced and there's more demand and influx of oxygen coming in and swapping with that carbon dioxide. Hope that makes sense. It's just a simple byproduct and the exhaust being swapped with oxygen. So if that number is low after a breath hold, you know that the oxygen levels getting into your cells are also very low. 
So do not go and try and exercise on a day where your breath hold score is really low. Do something really gentle and moderate and maybe even practice a few short breath holds to try and increase those levels of carbon dioxide briefly and then breathe normally to try and then get some excess oxygen pushing through. But just be aware that stress is not going to instantly clear. That stress will hang around and you then need to focus on, right, what else can I do? So getting sunshine, definitely. As I mentioned, throughout my landscaping days, I would experience fatigue, but not as bad, I think, because I was out in the sun most of the time. Sunshine is an amazing, helpful uh, producer of oxygen. And a bit, if you heard our podcast on Modex, the natural antioxidant um, and performance enhancer from a couple of episodes ago, what we talk about there relates to what I'm talking about now. As everything does, everything is connected in the same way. You'll hear me reiterating a lot of similar things on, on many podcasts because it is about energy production. And so something like nitric oxide increases the ability for the oxygen and the energy and lower or greater efficiency and lower amounts of stress as a byproduct. So Modex is a really good thing for people with chronic fatigue because of those benefits of reducing stress through reducing those free radicals and being an antioxidant and also increasing the efficiency of uh, the energy production. So nitric oxide, breathing through your nose. So that's a really good one. Um, If you can, uh, comfortable tape your mouth at night so you are breathing through your nose all the time. Go back and listen to our podcast with Patrick McEwen on breathing. That is a really, really important one as well. So the oxygen issue is a huge part of chronic fatigue. And yeah, if you can look into taping your mouth at night um, so you breathe through your nose at night and obviously look into that. Don't just suddenly put a massive bit of gaffer tape across your mouth without looking into how to do it. Um, or just send me a message and I'll respond. But hopefully go and listen to and watch. Or you can watch the YouTube with Patrick McEwen as well and watch us chat about it and he gives some examples also. So the oxygen, huge part with it. Ego and then dealing with your own anxieties and accepting that on those days when you do feel fatigued, that the anxiety levels are going to be higher. The emotions are going to be stronger. You're going to be more irritable. You're going to snap more. Things are going to frustrate you more. You're going to be more annoyed at things. It's really important to be aware that that is how you are going to feel and do something about it, which does mean work on some calming breathing practices into the belly, work on a little bit of um, quietening your mind at the same time. So you actually get a little bit of a, a mini meditation throughout the day several times if you can, even if it's just 30 seconds, three times a day, belly breathe, quiet your mind, and you can get rid of some of those anxieties. Just accept that that's where they are. They're here today. You are going to be in this this place. Things are going to be more difficult. It's going to be harder to focus on tasks on those days where you are more fatigued. It's going to be harder to communicate. It's going to be harder to hear what people are saying, concentrate on people, be more tolerant of annoyances and all of those factors that normally only are there when you're like really, really exhausted, um, they're going to be there all the time. So just being aware 
that this is something that is happening physically in your body can really help you understand and accept and work through those issues that happen throughout because of these fatigue issues. So being aware of the consequences of chronic fatigue, that feeling of not having joy, that feeling that it's not going to bring you happiness, just go with it. Just go to bed and lie down if you can. Or if you're if you can't and you still are having to go to work and you have those feelings of like I'm just miserable and I I can't enjoy this and everything is really hard, just work through it with a few trigger phrases. So hopefully you build up some trigger phrases so that they can bring you really present and make you a little bit happier and thinking of the long-term goals that you're working towards. They're just a few little tips um, that hopefully can help. But obviously, I'd love to talk to you more about this one-on-one. Get in touch if you want to talk about this as a health coach. I'm really excited now to get into these sort of topics with people. Having dealt with this issue, having spoken to someone just the other day who'd for the last 18 months been dealing with all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And then they would have happened this and then that would have happened. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could have spoken to you 18 months ago and I could have helped you on the journey to recovery faster. So all of those things, Things like practicing, like obviously not exercising hard and lowering oxygen levels and increasing stress byproducts, eating good food so it's all low carb, working with willpower when you're really tired. Um, that's a really crucial one that when you do have brain fog, there is no willpower. You eat bad food choices because you think the dopamine hit is going to help you feel something of joy or a bit of energy. You think it's just going to make you feel good. And it doesn't and it sucks, but you still do it. And then it makes it worse the next day because of the bad food that you ate. So I can really relate on all of those emotional levels and how, you know, even hormones, testosterone, estrogen, things are out of whack and you do feel more emotional. You feel more anxious. Everything is hard. So thanks for hanging in there. I'd love to hear from you and work with you as well on these topics and we can take a deeper dive into some of your issues so that we can A, get that mindset right so we can reduce ego so that we're not continuing to dig ourselves into a hole so that we can get the nutrition right so that we can get that clean, efficient energy production as best as possible and then we can kind of biohack all those other things like increasing the CO2 tolerance without even needing to exercise. You can still do stuff to get more oxygen into the cells and have better energy production, cleaner energy production. And then all those protocols around better sleep, getting to bed early, why, how, when, all of those things. So get in touch with me uh, at Pete Jacobs on all the socials and with at liveyourownfit.com. Obviously, we're there. We've got our blogs, all our podcast episodes and information. And yeah, thanks for listening there. Thanks for hanging in there. And hopefully, this has resonated with you. And have a great day and just do what you can do and don't stress about it. Thanks, guys. Bye.